So, so last week we began this series, Witness. Um, and we, we were looking at Paul and Silas in, in prison in, in Acts chapter 16. And what we were looking at was that even in prison, that Paul and Silas were focused. Paul and Silas were focused on the mission that they were given by Jesus to witness, to, to tell people, hey, come and see what Jesus has done in my life and then go and tell others what he's done in your life. Because every one of us has this come and see. Come, come and see what Jesus has done for me. Come, come and see. See where I was at and look where I am today. Come and see. Now guess what? I need to go and tell. That's the part some of us are missing. We, we got this, oh, look what Jesus did in my life, and I'm going to hold it in my pocket. I'm going to keep it tucked away where no one can see it. Well, if we don't go and tell people what Jesus has done in our life, how is the kingdom of heaven going to grow? How is it going to grow if we don't do what we're called to do? Each one of us has a call on our life, and it's basically that. The whole gospel message is come and see what Jesus has done for me and go and tell. Because what he did for you, he can do for them. He can change everything that we have in our life. And understand, even when we looked at Paul and Silas, God freed them from their chains in prison. The earthquake came, their chains fell off, the doors were open. They were freed in prison. But they didn't take that freedom as a means to escape. They took that freedom as a means to be able to witness and show how God showed up in that situation. Now, now with this series, I said that you'd be getting some challenges. So this week, you should have received text message or emails talking about take 10 minutes a day in prayer. Take 10 minutes a day in prayer. And, and while you're doing that, think of five people that you know that either don't know Jesus or aren't connected to a local body of Christ that aren't connected to the body of Christ, and then add them five people to your prayers. Be praying that God would open up their eyes to either get connected to a church someplace or start going back to church, because there's still people who won't come back to church. They enjoy the church online. And, and you know, there's nothing wrong with church online because there are people who can't physically make it to church. So we bring church to them. But at the same time, we all know people who, who aren't connected to church, and we all know people who don't know Jesus. And I think we need to make sure we're praying for them on a weekly basis. So, and, and if you did not receive the text in the email, it's because we don't have all your information. So I encourage you again, open up your bulletin, scan the QR code, or text the word CONNECT. Because if you actually are connected and we have your email and, and phone number, you would have gotten text messages and emails this week about the challenge. And just so you know, there's more challenges coming. This week's going to be a little harder than last week, but I encourage you guys to keep going on. Um, you know, this week we're going to be in the same uh, part of the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 16, same identical verses as last week. Because last week I said there's two things we need to see, and I only explained one of them. So this week we're going to see the second part of something that's in this scripture that I think is very important, and, and I think it's something that can really affect our lives. 
But before we get to that, you know, last week I listened to, to my message. You know, I went on YouTube. I listened to it for a few times. And, and even though I may spend, you know, 10 to 15 hours a week preparing a message, I always go back because it's ironic, as my wife would tell you, you know, she reads my, my message beforehand. And then after Sunday service, she'll say, well, the beginning and the end were the same as I read, but the middle was something totally different. So, so I go in and I kind of listen because not only do I preach to you guys or those church online, but I kind of preach to myself when, when I'm able to go back and be like, wow, that was pretty good. Where did, where did the dude come up with that? You know, hey, who was this guy preaching? Because that wasn't me up there preaching. You know, and, and it's a way, and I critique myself, and I, I will say I critique myself very harshly. Um, but I go back and I listen because just as I, you can get something out of this message, I can get the same thing. Because when God takes over and allows something to be spoken, it, it never returns void. So even with doing that, I really got to look and listen to last week's message, and I asked myself this question. Am I as devoted and uh, am I as ambitious as Paul and Silas were for the mission? Am I really that focused on the mission the way Paul and Silas were? To the point that at midnight in jail, they were worshiping God. And I asked myself, hey, you know, am I that motivated for it? Am I that focused on the mission? And I had to be honest with myself. No, I'm not always focused on it. I'm not always that focused on the mission. And then I realized, well, if I'm not focused, I guess I got to ask you guys, are you guys really focused on the mission all the time, the mission that God has for you? Or are you guys just like me and we fail from time to time? There's days that we don't feel it, or there's times that we just don't feel it. And I think that you know, when we, we know people in our life that don't know Jesus, the mission is very important. The mission is very real that we need to tell them about Jesus. But how many people have we known who are in our lives for a while and as Christ followers, we've never talked to them about Jesus? Oh, I'll get to it someday. Oh, they're not going to listen to me anyways. You see, we start coming up with these excuses instead of being focused on the mission that God has called us to. And where we spend eternity is real. There are people who are going to spend eternity in heaven, and there's going to be people who spend eternity in hell. And we can make a difference. If we remain focused, just like Paul and Silas were focused, and I think, you know, this, this morning I actually asked the worship team to learn and play that song, My Jesus. And the reason I asked it, if you really think of the lyrics and if you never heard the song, but think, think of the lyrics. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Each one of us in our lives has had burdens. Each one of us has been weary going through our life. We know people whose burdens are heavy in their life right now. And they need to know about our Jesus. They need to know when Jesus showed up in our life and gave us his burden and we were weary and we thought we couldn't go no more, we know Jesus was there. 
and we need to tell them about our Jesus. It says, do you, do you feel that empty feeling because shame's done all its stealing and you're desperate for some healing? Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way where there ain't no way, rises up from an empty grave, ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. And let my Jesus change your life. How many people in your life need to hear that? How many people in your life need to hear, let me tell you about my Jesus. I know what he did here. Let him change your life too. A lot of times the lyrics in songs mean so much and we miss it. And I personally, I said, y'all need to learn this song and sing it during this series. And I even told him, by the way, I'm talking about it in my message, so it's going to be really good that you know how to play it. Otherwise, I'm going to have to play it on the screen and let people listen to it. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Every one of us can do exactly that. Each one of us can, can change and affect someone's destiny by telling them about our Jesus. And, and understand that if we don't do it, Someone else may, but eternity lies in the balance. What if someone else doesn't do it? What if someone never goes to your friend or family member and tells them about Jesus? And then all of a sudden you're sitting there going, man, I should have told them about Jesus. Do your part. Let me tell you about my Jesus. My Jesus is amazing. I know what he's done in my life. I know what he's done in a lot of your lives. I know what he can do in other people's lives. People are hurting. People are struggling. People are prisoners in this world because they don't know Jesus. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. So if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be in Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 34. As I said, it is the same exact verses as last week. Um, but like I said, there's a couple different things to look at, so we're going to look at number two today. So with that being said, Acts 16, verses 25 through 34. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains came loose. When the jailer woke up and saw the doors of the prison standing open, he drew his sword and was going to kill himself since he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul called out in a loud voice, Don't harm yourself because we're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. He escorted them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him along with everyone in his house. He took them that same hour of the night and washed their wounds right away. He and all his family were baptized. He brought them into the house, set a meal before them and rejoiced 
because he had come to believe in God and his entire household. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we dig in your word today, Lord, we ask that you open up our eyes to see what it is you want us to see. Open our ears that we may hear your voice. And Lord, may your words be mine and may your name be glorified. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So now think about this. Paul and Silas inside this Roman prison. And, and like I said last week, a Roman prison is a lot different than the prisons of today. They were probably stripped down naked, shackled at their hands, shackled at their feet. The, the doors are closed. It's probably dark and wet and black mold and nasty smelling and just, it, it had to be a bad thing. And at midnight, they started worshiping God. Inside prison, they started worshiping God. We know then the earthquake came, but I think it's interesting is, who does it say was listening? The prisoners. The prisoners were listening to Paul and Silas. Now, these are people who are in the same exact condition as Paul and Silas were in. So they were in the same job that you're in. They were living the same life that you're living. They even got the same addiction that you used to have. Whatever it is, they were right there with them. And the difference was Paul and Silas started worshiping and praying to God. They started worshiping and praying to God. And you know, these prisoners probably had, to be, had never heard it before. You know, as prisoners, they were not Christ followers. It doesn't say they were brothers or sisters in Christ. They were other prisoners. So they were in there for some other reason besides being persecuted for being a follower of Jesus. They were in the prison. They hear this worship. They hear this going on. And to them, it must have sounded crazy. And I bet the walls in prison never heard worship like that. Imagine the worship inside there that was so great that God showed up and caused an earthquake. The ground was shaken because of the worship and the prayer. And, and how many times do we seek the ground to shake through our worship and our prayer? And, and you know, during the time I was reading this, I really got to thinking that, you know, there are many prisoners or people who don't know Jesus who are listening or watching the way that you live your life. Think about that. There are many prisoners. They're in bondage. You're being held by sin nature or whatever it is in their life. They're being held as a prisoner. They don't know Jesus, and they're watching you. They're watching how you live your life. They're watching what you do. They're listening to what you say. It makes a difference. Do you ever think about someone's watching you? That someone's watching how you live your life when you tell them, I'm a Christ follower. I follow Jesus. I'm a Christian. And as they're in this bondage of their life, they're looking to see what you're doing. They're looking at your life. And our life should be completely different. Our life should look different from theirs. And I think to be a true witness, we need to live our lives as an example of Christ. And never forget that. Never forget we are the example of Jesus to people. We are the only Bible some people may ever read. 
Are they reading about the Holy Scripture or are they reading about the world? I think that's why the Apostle Paul, when he wrote the, the letter to Corinth, in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, he said this, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. How many of us can say that in our own lives? That we can, hey, follow me because I'm doing what Jesus called me to do. I'm following Christ and, and so follow me, come on. That's some true leadership talk right there. But how many of us can actually say that? To go into your job, go into your workplace, into your family and say, hey, follow me because I'm following Jesus. And I'm doing what Jesus called me to do. For many of us, follow me, I'm a follower of Jesus. I don't show it. You may not see it in the way I talk or the way I walk, but, but I'm following Jesus, so here, follow me. It may look like the world, but it's really Jesus I'm following. That's how some of us live our lives. That is how some of us go through this life each and every day is, hey, follow me, I'm an example. Example of a domesticated Jesus, maybe. Maybe you're following Jesus of the world, but you're not following Jesus in the Gospels. You're not following who Jesus is. And we get so stuck on that in our life that we'll follow the world instead of following Jesus. You see, we try and compromise our faith at work so that we can fit in. Proclaim Jesus on one Facebook post and the next Facebook post about how I'm going to go to the bar and get trashed tonight. I walk around all day long and, man, let me tell you about my Jesus. I love Jesus. Meanwhile, I get on Facebook and I spew hate and discontent. How many of us live our lives like that? How many of us will publicly proclaim Jesus, but then we live this whole different life on social media? Or on social media, we're all about Jesus, and in our life, people look at our Facebook posts and go, huh? What is this person talking about? Because we try and live this double life of, well, you know, this is who I, I'm a, I'm a Christian on Sunday from 1045 to noon. But once I go out them doors, man, I'm back in the world. I'm going to live my life. People are going to spend eternity in hell because of what you do. They're prisoners. They're watching the way you live your life. They're watching you because you say you're a Christian. What kind of example are you giving the people in your life? If you want to be a witness for Jesus, you can't just proclaim Jesus, but our lives should be an example of Jesus. Our lives should be an example. 
And, and with that being said, look at, looking through the scripture, uh, I came up with five different ways that we should be examples of Jesus in the way that we walk this world, the way that we walk this world. I think the first thing that Jesus did is, Jesus was an example of service. Jesus would serve other people before himself. And in John 13, verses 12 through 16, if you don't know the scripture, that's where Jesus is washing the feet of his disciples. Now think about this. Jesus, who is their master, is washing their feet the night before he would be betrayed and taken to the cross. But yet he's serving them and basically tells them, I want to teach you something new. You know, people got smelly feet. Back in the day, they walked around barefoot or they walked around in sandals, so their feet were dirty. They didn't have, you know, hard paved roads. It was all these dirt roads or whatever. And, and they'd walk around so their feet would be dirty. So the first thing they would do when they would go into someone's house is someone would wash their feet. And it wasn't the master of the house. It was generally a lowly servant who would sit there with a little bowl and they would come in, they would wash their feet before they came into the house or even before they ate because they didn't eat at tables like we eat at. They didn't have a table and chairs. They sat on the ground and leaned against each other. So someone's feet were basically like in your lap when you're eating. I think that's kind of gross. Y'all better get a mani and a pedi before you put your feet on me. And make sure you clean your feet. But that's what they did. And Jesus, as their master, washed their feet. And if you remember the story, Peter complained. No, you can't wash my feet. Wash all, if you're going to wash me, wash all of me. And Jesus told him, no, I'm showing you an example. I'm setting this example for you. And I want you to understand what it means to serve. And in, verse, in John 13... Verse 16, it says this, Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. From that point forward, the relationship that Jesus had with his disciples was strengthened. And, and it's strengthened because you got to understand, I think whenever we serve somebody, if we provide service for someone, it builds a better example, it builds a better bond. Because if you serve someone, it shows that you care about them. And when you care about someone, they will generally lean into you a little bit more. And being an example through service, and you can do it on your job. Go get someone a cup of coffee. Ask them if they need someone. Help something out. You can do it anywhere you, you're at. You can serve somebody else. And, and when you take the time to serve somebody, and that relationship grows a little stronger, and they have more more trust in you, you can then tell them about you, Jesus. Because they're then going to open up their eyes and their ears to listen to what you have to say because you showed that you cared for them by the service that you provided for them. I think the next thing is we can be an example of Jesus through our suffering. And in 1 Peter 2, it says this, but how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it, but if you suffer for doing good and you endure it? This is commendable before God. Uh, to this you were called before Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. If 
Following Jesus doesn't always going to, it's not always going to be easy. If you thought, man, I'm going to accept Jesus so that I see nothing but rainbows and unicorns and puppies, you accepted Jesus for the wrong reason. If you're a true Jesus follower and you do what his word calls you to do, you're going to suffer out there in the world today. You're going to suffer in the world today. You know why? Because you're going to be different. You're going to be countercultural. You're not going to do what the culture calls you to do. You're going to be different. And you're going to suffer for it. Now, that's where this different comes of how you suffer because you know, we're looking at your own personal suffering now, not suffering for somebody else. So as you, you got this own personal suffering going on and life's not going well, people are going to look to see how you react. How you deal with your suffering in this world will mean more to someone than anything you could probably say. Because if you're suffering and all you're doing is complaining about the suffering, you're just like the world. But when you sit there and you're suffering and you're praising God through your suffering, you're thinking about others through your suffering. I'm going in, I'm taking chemo and I'm doing radiation, I'm doing all this, but praise God, I know he's going to heal me. I, I know he's going to do this, and I may be suffering, but I'll, let me tell you about my Jesus. My Jesus ain't done with me yet. As we go through this suffering in our life, we need to be the example of Jesus. Jesus suffered on a cross for you. And did he complain? No. He did not complain at all. He suffered for us, and I think as we suffer for others, and they see our time of suffering, again, we're showing that example of Jesus. We are being Jesus with skin on, and we can affect eternity for somebody else. I think the next thing we can be an example of is love. We know Jesus is love. We know Jesus tells us to love one another as he loved us. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Love your neighbor as I have loved you. Jesus is about love. And I think when we look at love, you know, you've got to look at 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7. And most people go, oh, that, that's a, that beautiful verse about love that you hear at weddings. And yes, it is. But it means so much more than that. When you actually read the scripture, it says love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. You want to show love to somebody? Put your name in the place of love. Think about this. Mike is patient. Mike is kind. Mike does not envy. Mike does not boast. Mike is not proud. He does not dishonor others. Mike is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. He keeps no records of wrong. He does not delight in evil, but rejoice in truth. And Mike is always there to protect you. You can always trust him. He always has hope. And Mike is always going to persevere. That makes it a little different, doesn't it? It makes it a little more personal. 
And if we can do that, we're being Jesus with skin on. Now see, some of us need to write that down and go in there and say, I need to practice this. Because you know what? I, I know me. I'm not always patient. Man, my coworkers will tell me I'm not patient. Ain't that right, Alfredo? <laughs> wow, Alfredo's not even in the room. <laughs> but, but put your name there. Jesus did all of this. Jesus was patient. Jesus was kind. Jesus did not envy. Jesus did not boast. Can you say that about yourself? No, thank you for being honest. Sometimes, maybe, yeah, you know, well, kind of, sort of. But not all the time. If we want to be an example of Jesus in everything we do, we need to love like Jesus loved. And he loved enough to go to the cross for you. He loved you enough, even in your sinful self, to go to the cross for you. I think the next thing we need to look at is being an example in forgiveness. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Think about what Jesus forgave in your life. And we won't forgive people for some of the littlest things. <laughs> and I think it's impossible for us to witness to someone if we can't forgive them. If you cannot forgive someone, it's going to be impossible to witness to them. And did you ever think that maybe the person God wants you to witness to is the person you haven't forgiven? So if you don't forgive them, how are you going to witness to them? And how are they going to know about Jesus? Because if they know you're a Christ follower and you won't give them that forgiveness, you think they really want Jesus? It's going to be like, well, wait, if that's Jesus and Jesus ain't forgiven, he definitely ain't going to forgive me. Man, you know what I did in my life? You remember, Oh, man, back in the day? Man, if, if that's what forgiveness looks like, I'm not going to make it. Jesus was on the cross at Calvary. He'd been beaten. He'd been whipped. He was spit on, ridiculed, talked bad to, had priests and everyone going by, yelling at him, insulting him, and everything else. They're on the ground, casting lots for his clothes. And what does Jesus say? In Luke 23, 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Everything he went through, and we won't forgive someone for who knows what. And we'll hold on to unforgiveness for some silly things. Man, you know, I asked them for $25 and they didn't give it to me. I'm mad. I ain't talking to them no more. Man, I asked them for a ride, and they didn't give me a ride. Really? Really? Jesus forgave you for all the sin in your life. Even the sin that you haven't committed yet, you've already been forgiven for. And man, I'm not going to forgive them because when I needed money, they didn't give it to me. Really? You're still here, and maybe that's grudges from 10 years ago. Let it go. Let it go 
and be an example of forgiveness just the way Jesus forgave you. He forgave those who ridiculed him on the cross, asked God to forgive them. We need to be an example in forgiveness. I think we also, one of the big ways is we need to be an example in the way that we live. The way that we live our life, what we do, how we do life, we need to be an example of. And in 1 John 2, 3 and 4, it says this, We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not, does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. There's a wake-up call for you. There's a wake-up call. Someone who's with them knows and obeys his commands. Or at least we try to obey his commands. We try and live our life. We, we know we're going to fail. But if we don't do it all at all, if we claim to, I'm a Christ follower, but we don't follow his commands at all, we're a liar. That's strong words. But it's a reality check for some of us. We need to do what his word calls us to do. Are we going to fall short? Yes. Are, are we going to get it all right? No. Can we make it through one day without not committing, without not failing at one of the Ten Commandments? Maybe if you stay in bed and sleep all day. That's about the only way. Because remember, if you show hate to someone, you've murdered them. Some of y'all murdering people when you leave church out on the highway. If you look at someone lustfully, you've committed adultery. Think about that. If you don't do his commands, you're a liar. So we're all liars because we don't do his commands all the time. But we at least need to live our life in a way that shows we're going in the right direction. We may fail. We may fall short. But we're still going that way. We're still a Christ follower. We're still working to be more like him each and every day. Because I ain't the same person who was over there. I'm, I'm someone new here, and I'm still working towards it. The day I meet him face to face, I'll be perfect. But not until that day. Until that day, I've got to be an example in the way that I live my life. And I think this passage really boils down to that if we don't have the desire to know God's word, if we don't have the desire to pick this up, and we don't have the desire to dig into it and see what it says, we're never going to live like Jesus. You're not going to do it. And if you're expecting the hour and 15 minutes and we're going to be long today, sorry, your lunch may be a little late, but if you're expecting that hour and 15 minutes when you come in here to be enough to last you all the time, you're sadly mistaken. You know how long it would take me to get through every verse in here? We'll be here for a while. We might have to serve lunch and breakfast and dinner for a while. But you got to take that time in your own personal private time and dig into this. God gave us this for a reason. Basic information before leaving earth. This is our, this is our owner's manual. And if you don't take time in it, how are you going to live your life for Jesus? 
How are you going to live and be like Jesus if you don't spend time in His Word? And if we don't spend time in His Word, we're never going to be able to communicate like He did. We're never going to be able to deal with enemies like Jesus did. We're not going to be able to encourage or develop people. We won't even be able to do ministry if we don't know the way Jesus did it. And we find that out by digging into His Word. And then we can do life like Jesus calls us to live. We can then live our life and we can affect change in other people's lives. You can't just proclaim Jesus. He has to be apparent in, apparent in your actions. People need to know by the way you walk your walk each and every day that you do know Jesus and that you're living your life for Him. And I think as we show that through, through our service, through our suffering, through love, forgiveness, and the way that we live our life, I think we can make a change. Because remember, there are many prisoners. There are people who are prisoners to this world that are in your life. People who don't know Jesus and who are listening and watching the way that you live your life. They're watching the way that you live your life. And maybe today's you, the day you say, I need to change it. I've been proclaiming Jesus for a long time. On Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, I'm a totally different person. We need to be the same person 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There are people in our life, there are prisoners in our life who need to see Jesus, who need to know who Jesus is. Just as Paul and Silas were in prison, who was listening to them? The prisoners. And if, you know, they had a captive audience, they were stuck in jail with them. Some of us have family and friends who are stuck with us. Yeah, you can't pick your family. They're yours. Whether you like it or not, they're your family. You can try and pick a new family. You can try and be friends with people. But you got to still be that same person who... The same person you're in here, amen, pastor. Preach it, pastor. Come on now, pastor. You need to be that same person when you go out them doors. This ain't just a Sunday thing. This is an every day of the week. Some of y'all's family might be surprised that you really do go to church. You sure you went to church on Sunday? I don't see it the rest of the week. We need to be an example to those people in our life. And ultimately, if you want to be a witness for Jesus, you can't just proclaim Him. You can't just proclaim Jesus. Our lives should be an example. Make a difference in someone's life this week. Be an example of Jesus. Remember the old WWJD wristbands? I think we need to bring them back. What would Jesus do? And I have been known to remind people at a time when my Jesus would fashion a whip and flip over a table for what you're doing in this house. But my Jesus was also loving. He was forgiving. He suffered for me. He lived his life with his eyes towards Calvary. 
knowing he was going to go to a cross and die for each and every one of us. And he took that walk. He never steered left, never steered right. He remained focused on the mission God called him to be on. We need to remain focused on the mission that God has called us to be on. Tell people, come and see. Come and see what Jesus has done in my life. And then go and tell because he can do the same thing in your life that he did in mine. We need to be a witness for Jesus because people's lives depend on it. People's lives depend on what we do and how we live our life. And maybe you're sitting here saying, well, pastor, that's good, but I, I came to see what Jesus has done because I haven't met Jesus yet. Well, that's okay. If you're waiting to get your act together saying, Pastor, you don't know me, I don't need to know you. He knows you. And he will accept you just the way you are. He will accept you just the way you are, and then once you accept him as your personal Lord and Savior, he will radically change your life. He'll change your life just like he's changed my life. And like I said, you're waiting to get it together. God's word says we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. So we're all messed up. We're all jacked up, but every one of us is loved. We have a heavenly father who loves us just as we are. He may not love what we're doing in our life, but he still loves us. And it says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved. And when you take that step and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the world out there is going to be the same. The difference is going to be you. You're going to feel it inside. You're going to know inside that He's got a calling for you. He's got a mission for you. And then it's a matter of going and doing it. Doing what He called you to do and change the world instead of the world changing you. And maybe you've been sitting up here and you've got prisoners in your life. Or maybe you're still a prisoner to your life. Maybe you're still stuck with, yeah, pastor, you were talking about me, man, coming to church on Sunday and living a different life Monday through Saturday. Or maybe you just need to come up here to the altar and ask God to make you an example. God, let me be the example that you want me to be in other people's lives. Let this go beyond a Sunday morning service. Let me affect change in other people's lives because of you, Lord. Let me plant seeds. Let me be a laborer in the harvest. And just come up here and have that conversation with your Heavenly Father to change and move forward in these weeks to come. All of us got changes to make. All of us got moves or examples that we're not living like Jesus. Be an example and go up to people and say, let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Come, come and see what he's done for me. 
so that you can go and tell what he's done for you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning just knowing that, Lord, we were prisoners at one time. Lord, we were, we were stuck in our addictions. We were stuck in our past. We were stuck in, in human life. And then we came to know you. But Lord, we have prisoners in our life who, who we know are just stuck. Lord, let us be an example to them. Lord, I ask that anyone in this room who has doubts of being an example, Lord, that you will place your Holy Spirit on them and make them move. Make them take them steps to go tell people about who you are. Because, Lord, all of us have been called to it and all of us have prisoners in our life. And, Lord, that we would truly become that example of you. That we would be an example in the way that we live, in the way that we talk. We don't just talk the talk, but we'll walk the walk. And Lord, that we will be forgiven the way that you forgave us. That we will love the way that you love. That through our suffering, we'll seek to praise you. And that we'll live our life earnestly for you. Lord, I ask you to move in our hearts, move our souls to focus on you. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.